It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another edition of the Curtain Call podcast. It is the night before the draft. Once again, my name is Michael Beck, Deputy Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Joined as always by one Mr. Jeffrey Benedict. Jeffrey, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. It's it's NFL Christmas Eve, so I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens. I'm excited to get this draft season over with. It's like all the speculation done and actually knowing who we who we got. And you know what I'm excited for is our special guest tonight, uh, Mr. Brian Backo from the Post Gazette. Brian, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing great. Uh, I agree with you there, Jeffrey. Uh, you know, I'm excited for the draft to start. Also, a little bit excited for it to be over, just because you know there's literally hundreds of guys that you're trying to learn about and research and the Steelers end up with what eight of them. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of a, a slog as far as that goes, but, uh, yeah, excited to, to talk some ball with you guys. And, uh, it's, it's cool to be here with you. I'm usually out there in the, the mainstream media on the radio stations or we're doing our podcast at the post Gazette. So thanks for having me. Oh, it really is our pleasure. And it's funny that you mentioned those hundreds of guys that we research and, when you look at this process, as soon as the Steelers were bounced from the playoffs, you saw probably 20 mock drafts come out with 20 different prospects. You look today, it 20 different mock drafts come out. Again, it feels like 20 different prospects. Brian, I, I guess my question to you here is, do you see any more clarity at this point, less than 24 hours to the draft than we did, say, two months ago? I don't know about clarity because, you know, I feel like it's always, you know, you're you're trying to gather the intel, what you're hearing. But I don't know that in, you know, this is my third year on the beat covering the team. So 
in all honesty, take what I say with a grain of salt, but I just don't know that the Steelers and those the decision makers within the organization are really saying much to people outside of those walls, because why would you? I mean, what benefit is there for you to give any indication uh, of tipping your hand? Now, like I think back to two years ago, the first draft I covered, everybody kind of knew they wanted Devin Bush and, and they were going to be willing to move up to do that if they had to. Was that sourcing or was that just kind of common sense when you look at the roster, right? So I think it's kind of trending that way right now with running backs and especially Najee Harris. But you're right, Michael. I mean, there's uh, you know, there's so many different uh, choices for the Steelers out there. If, if you want to Google any name in Steelers, you'll probably find somebody mocking that player to them. Uh, when you factor in even the wildest scenarios like quarterbacks and things of that nature – uh, I think you could literally probably find 32 different players or, or something like that to actually have someone predict the Steelers to pick at 24. With this season, as different as the 2020 college season was and as changed as this season has been with COVID-19, uh, how different has the draft process been, like even for you just covering the draft and what you've been able to see compared to the previous years you've covered it? Yeah, you feel a lot more removed from it because like two years ago, the Devin Bush draft, I had just joined the Steelers beat at the Post-Gazette with Jerry Dulac and Ray Fittipaldo. So I was kind of trying to get caught up on a lot of the the draft coverage uh, while also still just kind of learning my way around covering the team in the NFL. But last year was great because uh, I got to go out to the Combine in Indianapolis uh, with Jerry Dulac. And I really enjoyed that because I am kind of a draft nerd. I've always... Loved it going back to when I was younger, uh, following the the sport, and you know, I even like the the NBA draft a whole lot. So I'm into that portion of the offseason. I know not every uh, NFL reporter is like that. Some people <laughs> kind of get fatigued by it. Maybe I will if I'm still doing this in five to ten years. But uh, this year's, yeah, it's definitely been weird and, and different because you didn't have that gathering ground uh, at Lucas Oil Stadium to kind of. But mainly put like names to faces and stuff like that with the players. It was cool uh, to, to actually get a chance to interview guys at the podium in person. And you get a sense for, wow, this is a really, a really likable player. And whoever gets him is going to be lucky to at least have the person, uh, if not the the prospect when it comes to all the physical traits. So didn't get as much of that this year, uh, which was kind of unfortunate. But I've tried to watch uh, a lot of these players like uh, on their pro day interviews and stuff like that on Zoom. Uh, and at least for uh, the local program here in Pittsburgh, uh, I, I was able to get on the Zoom calls to interview those players live after their pro day. So that's that's been kind of the whole exposure, though. And, uh, and that's made it a, a little bit of a, a different or, or odd kind of draft season. Now, before we go any further, I, I do want to ask you about your uh, Twitter post today, Brian, with uh, one <laughs> Mr. Kyle Pitts. Uh, going of course, viral, Michael. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely going viral. There's a, a ton of conversation around that. Of course, <laughs> we know he he's not going to fall to 24, but it, yeah. it's it's just funny to me the amount of outcry. And I'm curious what you think of like all these people taking it seriously. The, the Kyle Pitts, yeah. Berg post. It's so stupid. Like it, it just it's a great example of how goofy people get like this time of year and on edge you are like you know the night before the draft you think uh any like tongue-in-cheek tweet that you see from someone especially you know with the blue check mark like I have which a lot of people are dunking on me for that if they thought I was serious so uh, I've gotten yeah it, it, my phone's just been blowing up over uh something that silly uh, I've gotten 
an email about it. Someone direct messaged me with some not very kind words. So uh, yeah, I would just say, I thought it was pretty obvious there that I was joking, but maybe it's like the player that I chose, uh, which I mainly did because his name is Pitts. Um, and, and it's he's like a guy that a whole bunch of fan bases think in real life tomorrow night will fall to them under some pipe dream scenario, or maybe it's how I worded it. But uh, yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been pretty bizarre uh, to see just how many people are uh, are mad at me, but they also agree with me, guys. If he was there at twenty four, you absolutely would not be passing on him if you're the Steelers. I think it's oh, yeah. a pretty uncontroversial take, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you were talking about people falling, and uh, this year to me, I look at it, and sometimes I'm thinking, like, do we do we really know as much as we think we know? Like, it's it's come down to where you see a lot of mock drafts where they're all trending in like very tight range, like we normally see, and, and sometimes it's I think it's even more like people are more certain they know what the picks are this year than even even previous years, and yet we know so much less than from you know the team side we have much less interaction uh are you expecting there to be more surprises in this draft or do you think with all all the you know everyone being online that we kind of have more of an advantage on the teams than than maybe we we do on other years no i I guess i'm expecting the surprises really but like kind of what we were talking about at the top here while there is a lot of groupthink that goes along with this, obviously, I mean, you know, you you get a, a Mel Kuyper mock or a Todd McShay mock, and you know, you're you're naturally your your opinions are going to be colored by that a, a little bit when you know the next draft analyst goes and, and does his. So, like, there is some consensus forming, but now you've got so many experts and analysts, and you know, and I don't say that uh, you know ironically, like these people do stu- study the film and the draft prospects far more than I do when I all I you know I have to worry about the Steelers where you know a lot of the pundits and talking heads out here they're, they're worrying about the entire league and all the guys who are going to end up across all 32 teams so there's so many of those draft experts now I think that you are getting the more wide range of outcomes like you know Chris Sims is, is a guy that I, uh, I actually really like his opinions generally and I think he has a pretty a pretty darn impressive track record uh, at least predicting quarterback success like he has Justin Fields falling to 32 for the Bucks. Like that's even more bizarre, maybe than my uh, my you know joking Kyle Pitts tweet today. And yet it's it's one take that's out there. So uh, you know I, I did a, a best case and worst case uh, mock draft in the first round for the Steelers on the Post Gazette website yesterday, and I counted them up. I think I had uh, 14 of the guys going in the top 23 picks in both scenarios. And then total, I, I think I had 32 guys who could be picked uh, in the top 23 before the Steelers are on the clock. So, uh, you know, are, are some of those more realistic in, than others for sure? But uh, it goes to show that uh, you, there is a lot of variance. And, and this is the time uh, of the pre-draft process that you see these stories that are like, here's five or six guys who could sneak into the end of the first round. One of those names we've heard throughout this entire draft process, and of course is popular with a lot of fans, that being Najee Harris, that that really has been around from the start of this process up until now. Do you think that name is a, a big of a lock if he's available at 24 as some, as some fans think it is, or is that more of just a pipe dream to try to help fix the running game? Yeah, I, I don't know that it's uh, as much of a lock as it's maybe getting made out to be. Like I think Travis Etienne has a lot of traits that even if they're not things that the Steelers necessarily necessarily looked for in past running backs that they've drafted or, or at least drafted high, 
Uh, they've got a new OC coming in here, and we don't necessarily know uh, how Matt Canada's outlook on things is going to shape uh, this draft plan for them on the offensive side of the ball. So, you know, while there are a, a ton of characteristics with Najee Harris that make you think he checks all the, the normal boxes for the Steelers from height, weight, production, competition level, uh, level of winning uh, against that competition, of course, at, at Alabama, and, and even everything you hear about the football character and the personality from him, which uh, I think, you know, to touch on something we mentioned earlier, shines through when you listen to, to really any of these interviews with him. You're not there in the room, but you can tell how engaging he is. Uh, it seems like a guy, basically, that, that Mike Tomlin would really like, right? So uh, it's not like that sort of thing is coming out of thin air. He also happens to be, uh, you know, probably the, the highest rated running back by most of the guys who really have watched every snap and know what they're talking about. So, uh, again, I, I think there's a chance that, that Travis Etienne uh, could could be uh, the, the apple of their eye at the running back position, maybe even a dark horse like a Javante Williams. But uh, it, it makes a lot of sense why Najee Harris is the one getting all the buzz. If the Steelers don't get an Etienne, a Javante Williams, if they don't get uh, Najee Harris, what is your opinion? Where like where is this team? Because there's a lot of fans sitting there saying, if we don't get one of those top running backs, then I mean you might as well just like cancel the season. <laughs> like we're just we're just toast. There's yeah. nothing we can do. Uh, how how do you view that? What what happens if the Steelers don't get one of those guys? I don't think it's the end of the world, especially since you know they're looking at their roster, and as much as we study and follow this stuff year round, they know it a heck of a lot better than we do, right? So, uh, you know, maybe maybe they do have a little bit more of a belief uh, in some of the the running backs lower down the board that they can also come in and be an upgrade over the current crop, or or maybe they're sitting there thinking, hey, we're we're not ready to give up on on Benny Snell just yet, twenty twenty wasn't great, but but we still believe he can have some sort of a role or Anthony McFarland, who, you know, he was a rookie that didn't get much of a shot, but Mike Tomlin always likes to talk about that second lap around the track for those guys. And he's reunited uh, with someone who he had great success with calling plays in college in Matt Canada. So again, I'm not banking on all those things being true, uh, but to your question, yeah, I don't think it's necessarily a slam dunk uh, that they're going to pick one of those three. I, I think there's some value uh, later on in this running backs class, you know, they're not in the same tier as Harris and, and ETN especially, but Trey Sermon from Ohio State, if if they think he's going to be there at 55 and they like him that much, then that changes things at, at 24. Uh, or, or even somebody like Michael, I, I remember from talking to you last year this time, um, you know, Chuba Hubbard. Could you imagine if they had the Canadian connection of Chase Claypool and, and Chuba Hubbard? Uh, on their offense. That would just be a fun little story, but Hubbard's got some game too. I mean, he there's a reason why he was so productive in his college career at Oklahoma State. So there are lower names on the board who, you know, they're not going to be that splashy running back pick like those those big three. Uh, but if if they believe in Landon Dickerson and, and his health, uh, he could be the guy at 24. They, they could think Creed Humphrey has no holes in his game, another center from Oklahoma. So there, there are different ways that this could go. And then, you know, the other wild card is maybe they think Chooks Okorafor and Zach Banner should be competing for the right tackle job rather than, uh, you know, the former being uh, the the definite no-brainer guy at left tackle. And they want to find, uh, you know, the, the man at that position for the next 10 years. And they want to do it in the first round. That opens you up to five, six, seven other prospects who could go there. 
to get my uh, my weekly uh, Canadian content quota uh, met. I, I beat you to the punch. You did, <laughs> but there I believe there's seven total draft eligible Canadians in this draft. So I don't know. That's, just, they, that's just what one having there. <laughs> yeah, they they should like you know trade away one of their picks so that then all seven of them can just be the Steelers draft class this year. It, it would make for some uh, for some interesting content uh, up uh, north of the border up here. That's a uh, I think I'd be for it, but I think a lot of Steelers yeah. fans probably pretty <laughs> against uh, pretty much all like six round talent aside from right. Javon Holland. But uh, speaking of uh, of positional holes for this team, in your in your opinion, rather Brian, what spot is the biggest need for the Steelers? If if they went away from best player available, what's the one spot they got to fill? Yeah, I go back and forth between running back and center. Um, I I think I still lean running back just because, you know, B.J. Finney and J.C. Hassenauer, they are what they are. They're not very exciting, but they they at least have a little bit more starting experience, uh, not only in this league, but with this organization uh, than than all the the names that you want to throw out at, at running back, whether it's Jalen Samuels, who, you know, is like on the back of a milk carton after last season, or Benny Snell, or Kalen Balaj, who, you know, some people raise their eyebrows when they sign him. I kind of think he's just the guy, like, best case scenario would be, you know, your number two back behind whomever you draft. So uh, I think that's the the biggest area where where they need to improve and can improve with a rookie who's who's got some fresh legs and some juice and uh, can kind of take your, your running game to another level. Um, but again, you know, center's a need as well. It's apples to apples kind of comparing those two positions uh, in, in your level of experience or your track record there. But uh, it's those two for me. And then kind of the sneaky number three need, I don't know, I guess it's not that sneaky now would, would be cornerback, which uh, I think they could address sooner rather than later and, and earlier than a, a lot of my colleagues seem to think. I was, I was just going to ask you if the Steelers do a very Steeler thing and uh, completely ignore offense in the first round. Which they might. Like, for all we know, yeah, the organizational is, philosophy is the, the only positions that are worth taking in the first round are quarterback and defense. Yeah, and, they, and mostly linebacker. Uh, right. If if the Steelers do pass on offense, do you think, like, is cornerback really – one of the guys you could get in the first round, or do you think there's other positions on defense where you could see a first round pick? You know, there, there is, uh, I guess a, a school of thought that inside linebacker and, and specifically this Zaven Collins from Tulsa, uh, you know, could be someone they've really taken a liking to. I've got my doubts about that for a couple reasons. One, I just don't think that position is, is as thin as some are making it out to be. I mean, they've, they've, played Robert Spillane a ton last season, now mostly out of necessity, but even after uh, Avery Williamson was was brought into the fold, Spillane, despite his injury, was was getting a ton of snaps, and you know they trusted him a lot in that postseason game, maybe incorrectly, but it still told me, uh, kind of spoke volumes to, to how they feel about him. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. It's not like they gave him any money, really, this offseason, but they did bring Vince Williams back for cheap as well, so I, I just think the the combination, at least, of those two is something that they can feel good about next to Devin Bush when they are in the base defense. Uh, as far as cornerback goes, you know, you, you might have to reach for somebody at that spot uh, because, you know, there's there's all these question marks around Caleb Farley. Uh, same thing with Greg Newsom from Northwestern. They're both injury risks, uh, if you want to call them that. And, 
even more so than that, guys, I also think when it comes to drafting a corner, they would rather get uh, an inside slot type to replace Mike Hilton because uh, I think they gave Cam Sutton a new deal because they do want him to take Steven Nelson's spot on the outside. Now, you mentioned that linebacker spot, specifically inside, but on the outside, of course, we who follow the Steelers know all about Alex Highsmith, his his sky-high potential. But you kind of hear it nationally, like how some people view uh, that being a hole for the Steelers. Of course, they do have a hole at outside linebacker, but as a as a backup, a primary backup spot. How important is it for the Steelers to fill that spot, and should they do it within one of the, their picks in the first two days? Yeah, I guess it sort of depends on how you how you view Cassius Marsh, which is like kind of a weird thing. But hey, we're in the weeds here on the night before the draft. You know, we're talking number three outside linebacker, and unlike some other positions, uh, such as, you know, sixth man on, on the offensive line or backup safety, which I think is is also, you know, a question for the Steelers. That number three outside linebacker plays snaps just about every week and they're meaningful snaps sometimes. I mean, how many drives have there been over the last couple of years where you're like, you know, why isn't TJ Water Bud Dupree in there? And why is the other team going down the field right now while they're on the sidelines? So uh, you can't have any slouch in, in that position. And uh, I know the Steelers were, I think, pretty thrilled with that Highsmith pick last year, one that, that wasn't necessarily like an A-plus grade from, from those of us who do that sort of uh, silly thing the, the day of the draft. But uh, it seemed like he turned into a guy who was pretty reliable in that number three role and, and then obviously eventually had to become the starter, and that was a little bit more up and down naturally. So I think they're they're pretty comfortable with him as the starter going into year two, and, and they generally – uh, do expect their their third round or higher picks to be on that kind of trajectory. So, uh, you know, it, yeah, I think it's it's probably something you want to take a shot at at least in this draft. But but I wouldn't do it before round four because, you know, then, then you're bringing in a guy who you've, you're investing a little less than you did uh, in Alex Highsmith. And best case scenario, yeah, maybe, maybe he's much better than Cassius Marsh and he's your new uh, Chicolo slash Ola Adain. Looking at the roster in different positions, uh, which which position would shock you the most if the Steelers picked it, say, in the first you know four rounds, like with one of the more valuable picks? Uh, I long mean, obviously snapper. they're <laughs> <laughs> Colin Holba or punter. <laughs> but like, uh, let's go like uh, between like quarterback, wide receiver. Yeah. Sorry, Jeffrey, I take things literally safety. sometimes, you know. Yes. <laughs> But what, um, which one I, would I mean, surprise you the most to see a yeah, value pick on? Like defensive line, I mean, that's kind of like a, a not sexy pick, but they are really well stocked there. Um, you know, quarterback, of, of course, would be a surprise to a degree, but there's there's arguments uh, for continuing to, to try to take swings at that position. Wide receiver is is kind of an interesting one. Like on paper – yeah, no need to to draft another one. But the Steelers do it basically every year. They they try to bring in someone who uh, might be a, a good fit or, or can be the next A.B. or Emmanuel Sanders who you develop over time. And I think a, a factor there is is also Matt Canada coming in, you know, maybe first year as O.C. He likes the guys that are on the roster at that spot, but he might want to handpick someone who he, he thinks can – uh, you know, help his scheme or or vice versa. He can scheme some things for him. So maybe there's a specialist wide receiver out there. So while that would be, uh, you know, like I said, kind of 
sur a surprise just when you look at the roster itself. Uh, might not be that much of a shock just based on what they've done in the past at that position. And who knows? It's it's not like this wide receiver core is, uh, you know, completely bulletproof. Deontay Johnson has, has had his struggles. James Washington has disappeared uh, for stretches. And, you know, Juju is back on a on a very low scale deal, um, but uh, it's it's not like he's a guy who was all of a sudden uh, taking that big leap in production last year that you hoped he would have. Now, during Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin's press conference just the other day, one of the things Kevin uh, Colbert uh, mentioned uh, during that press conference was that the Steelers don't really necessarily view themselves as a team that are in a position to trade up. They like their eight picks, but he didn't necessarily shut that down completely. So to me, I kind of interpret interpreted that if the right guy is there at the right spot, they might jump up. Specifically talking about Justin Fields, the quarterback, is kind of a polarizing name uh, throughout this draft process because he, he's someone that could be viewed as the second pick or, like you mentioned, Chris Sims said he's the 32nd pick. <laughs> yeah. If he is in a position where it is potentially trade-upable, I think we've probably all seen the clips of Mike Tomlin, Justin Fields, and their little bromance that's kind of budding. Could you see this team go in a direction where they try to chase their future quarterback of this team? Hard to wrap my head around it, mainly because of what I think it would say about uh, the way they view this probably the last dance for Ben this year. I don't think we're breaking uh, any ground by suggesting this is most likely his final ride. Um, but it's, it's a compelling, uh, it's a compelling discussion. No doubt. Like I, I did a, a point counterpoint piece on it for the post Gazette. Uh, I think it was last week and, you know, you've got all these arguments and, and that's exactly what draft speculation is, right? Like it's circular logic where you always have one person saying this and that has to mean this thing. Whereas you could take the complete opposite stance and find plenty of examples to support your argument. So uh, there, there would be, you know, a lot of criticism, I suppose, if they did that, because you do have four quarterbacks on the roster right now. You've, you've got a future Hall of Famer in Ben who, as long as he's healthy, he's going to play. Uh, you just used the third rounder on a developmental potential successor a few years ago in Mason Rudolph. Has it panned out? Kind of hard to say, honestly, after what we saw the, the last couple of years. And uh, if they if they made that kind of big move, uh, you'd also have a lot of people uh, banging the drum for it being a, a great forward thinking and progressive pick. So uh, you've got the 49ers like they, they're in a similar spot. You know, they don't have Ben, but they've got Jimmy G. And all of a sudden they're, they're going to draft the quarterback at three and like, are they going to try to be competitive right now with Garoppolo while also grooming a guy? I mean, you're almost wasting a year then at that point, but then you look at someone like Patrick Mahomes, nobody would say that was a wasted year for him learning as a rookie in Kansas city. When you look at, at how it's turned out now. So uh, I don't know if that answers your question, but uh, just to, to bottom line it uh, still hard to fathom uh, that situation for the Steelers tomorrow night. But another thing that's a cliche in this business, uh, you never say never. If you had a, a dream draft scenario for the Steelers for this draft to come out of like position groups that they've addressed or, or certain players that you really look at and say, wow, I want the Steelers to get that. Uh, sure. What would your kind of ideal draft for the Steelers look like? Well, I think, you know, I, I am kind of a, a go running back this year guy. I know that's a little bit of a, a hot button topic. And, you know, I, I don't necessarily think you're you're wrong if you're on one side or the other, because 
Uh, there's there's a lot of uh, good reasoning for why you shouldn't go running back in round one. But I do think that's kind of what this particular team needs right now. And uh, I just really like the two guys who are at the top of it. I like Travis Etienne slightly more. Maybe I'm biased because I used to cover pit football in the ACC. And, you know, seeing that guy run in person at the ACC championship game a few years ago, uh, it's like he was literally shot out of a cannon that night in Charlotte. So uh, I've loved him ever since then. The Steelers haven't had a running back like that in so long. It, it might be exactly what they need uh, to, to get this running game from something, uh, you know, back up to respectable and not embarrassing. Beyond that, uh, yeah, you know, based on what I said earlier, it'd be really nice to get, I don't want to say a center in, in round two, because I also think you could have some scenarios where maybe someone who's an upgrade over over BJ Finney and JC Hassenauer uh, could, could be had in round three. I mean, Kevin Colbert was kind of, he was like almost sneakily laying the groundwork for that, talking about how this is a, an unusually deep class of centers is what he said, but he also said, uh, of those who can come in and play right away. So like, you know, Spidey senses tingled a little bit when he said that. So I think if you could get, whether it's Dickerson, Creed Humphrey, they'd probably have to be in the first two rounds, but I kind of like Josh Myers from Ohio state. He's a bigger body at center who I think could step in and, and do the job right away. Uh, and an impressive uh, player and, you know, one of those football character guys. Uh, and then beyond that, yeah, I, I'd, I'd like to see a corner and I'd like to see someone who has a lot of the same skill sets as Mike Hilton and the the one that I feel like the Steelers are going to be drawn to if it can work out, maybe even as high as the second round is Asante Samuel Jr. from Florida State. They've already got Devin Bush Jr. and they've got, you know, Cam Hayward, son of Ironhead and Terrell Edmonds, his dad played in the league. So they, they love guys like that with the bloodlines and, you know, watching a little bit of, of Samuel that I did, uh, he really does remind me of, of Hilton. And I'm not going to say there would be no drop off, but I think you could, you know, throw him in there day one, and, and maybe he could do that job for you pretty well. So Jeffrey asked you the positive question. I guess I'll be the agent of chaos tonight. What <laughs> is the worst case scenario? Uh, we're sitting here Sunday morning thinking, what the heck just happened? What does that look like to you? Yeah, uh, that's that's hard because, I mean, it, it's, you know, they've got a first round pick again like they didn't last year. So you're, you're naturally, you're probably going to like that first guy, you're, you're getting one of the top 25 players in the draft any way you slice it. So that's a plus. But uh, I think if there there is that, you know, path where Najee Harris reunites with Tua in Miami at pick 18, and then right before you, the Jets say, uh, how are you keeping us off the scoreboard if we have Zach Wilson and Travis Etienne leading a dynamic offense? So now if you're the Steelers, you're sitting there like, we, you know, Javante Williams, he runs hard. Uh, he finishes runs, but is, is he worth the 24th overall pick in the draft? Or, you know, do we take one of these centers who, you know, maybe they have a, a, a high floor, but the ceiling also isn't that high? Or do we take a chance on a on a tackle who might not even beat out Chooks for in year one? So, you know, you can still find a way around that, maybe even go defense uh, as we kind of talked around earlier. But that to me would would kind of be the one where you you go back to the drawing board a little bit if you're them and you say, hmm, are we going to be sitting here on Saturday night thinking this wasn't that dynamic of a draft and it's one where we don't feel like our outlook improved all that greatly? Jeffrey, I'll give you uh, the last question if you got anything else. Do you have any like draft crush mid-round or late-round guys <laughs> that you think you look at and think, I want this guy on the Pittsburgh Steelers? <laughs> there was one guy who 
I, I'm not like I'm not in love with his playing style necessarily or anything, but I just learned today that there's a cornerback from USC, Elijah Griffin, whose dad is Warren G, uh, singer, rapper, uh, regulators. Uh, so he's also the stepbrother of Dr. Dre. So Dr. Dre is this guy's uncle. Uh, if you're just telling me all things being equal, Elijah Griffin, if he gets drafted by the Steelers, is going to bring like a regulators concert at Heinz Field to, to open up a season one of these years. And maybe Dr. Dre pops out of nowhere. Uh, I'll, I'll sign in blood for that right now. Oh, all of a sudden, the, the in-stadium entertainment just takes off like a rocket. Like, how Hey, they've already got that? Snoop among the famous fan base. So, you know, why not add a, a couple more West Coast legends? Yeah, exactly. Brian, before we let you go, is there anything you want to plug? Um, yeah, just, you know, check out post-gazette.com for our draft coverage. Over the next few days, we'll have a live chat on Thursday and, and Friday nights. Those usually get a whole lot of engagement, uh, which can be fun, but tiring for us at times. So uh, it's it's always draft fever uh, on that those first and second nights. So uh, that'll be enjoyable. And then uh, Ray Fittipaldo and I will have a podcast. I think we'll probably do that Sunday morning after all the hay is in the barn and we can go through what went right and what went wrong. Awesome. And of course, follow me on Twitter at Brian Batko if you want to see a whole lot of people yelling at me uh, for, for Kyle Pitts. Uh, just saying he's a good player, basically. <laughs> uh, another day in the life of uh, being uh, internet famous, I suppose. But, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, Brian Tons Batko. engagement. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, no problem. See you guys. See you around. See ya. Um, so for everyone uh, listening on YouTube and Facebook right now, we will transition over to the second part of our show. Um, so that just means it, you guys hang tight for everyone listening on uh, the podcast platform. So I just click over to part two. Now we'll be back with some more uh, great Steelers uh, draft prep talk. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.